Dad, you have a responsibility to point your daughters to their Heavenly Father. We continue our discussion with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield as she gives practical tips on this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. And so some of this is probably a ministry of presence and being near enough and being willing to work at this. Um, and, and so let me ask you a couple of questions with this. I know for my guys, I, I would take my boys out to Chick-fil-A once a week and we would eat biscuits and talk about something. I mean, I was investing strategically in my boys. I did not do as well with that with my daughter. So talk about some strategies there. And I, and I know you're, you're dating your daughter. The book that you've written, Let's Talk, helps with some of that. So talk with us about some strategies that guys could use to develop some continuity there. Because when a daughter sees that her dad has a real interest, it's not just a one-time event. I'm not doing it once just to see what happens and then giving up, but I'm, I'm going to dedicate myself to trying to be present in your life so that I can hear you talk about how to do that and how to how to maintain some stamina in doing that because a guy could feel defeated when a 14-year-old daughter just stonewalls him for for mm-hmm. time after time after time how does he win her heart and that's why I do the ABBA project for 9 months because I want it yeah. to be over the course of the whole school year, I tell men, you're in language school, you're learning a different language and you got to go to school for it. Like, don't we do that when we're learning a language? And so it is about the long haul. It is about going through the peaks and the valleys of her busyness or your busyness or seasons where holiday times are busier or whatever, because you're absolutely right. It's about committing to being intentional and consistent over the long haul. And what we do again, like I said earlier, as women reading between lines, dad, you do, you know, once a month, I would say as a minimum kind of model of where you want to have one-on-one time with your daughter once a month, it's reasonable, it's realistic. And if you keep being shut out, it's not about you. Sometimes it's about her phase of development, her stage of life where peers are more important than you. And that's why I target 13 to 30, because it's so much easier prior to that, where you may come home from work and she runs into your arms and puts her grubby hands around your neck and kisses your cheek and you just, you melt, you know? And then she's now 13 going, I, I, oh, dad, are you home? I didn't even notice. Right. And she slams the yeah. door in your face. And so where it's so important though about the lifespan of the father-daughter sure. relationship is if you're a dad that didn't plant some of those seeds earlier, that's okay. It's never too late. Right. Start now, start even if it's hard, saying to her, I want to figure out a way to meet you in your world with your schedule. And I've had dads, their dad-daughter date is literally him going to Jamba Juice and bringing or a coffee to her or a treat that she likes and sitting on the floor of her room for half an hour. Like he'd love longer. It's all she can do. Or it's literally writing, writing something to her. And putting it yeah. under her door and saying, right back to me, I want to, I want to. And that's why in Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters, I have a lot of conversation starters if you don't know what to ask her. And right. you're going to build with those reps, something in her heart that says, even if I push my dad away, I know that he was trying to connect with me. And I've had dads in the ABBA project, like I think of one guy, Tomas, where his wife shut him out and 
he couldn't connect with her. And he kept, he waited for two years because I wouldn't let him start till his daughter was 13. And he actually said, as he kept pursuing her, mom wouldn't let him meet with her and they had to go to court. And when it was his turn to talk, he walked up the aisle with his ABBA project notebook, set it on the judge's desk. And he goes, well, I've been taking this dad course all year. And she's like, what is the ABBA project? I've never heard of it. And he said, well, it's me and 11 other guys. There's 12 of us. And we're all learning how to be better dads to our daughters. And mom was going for full custody. Yeah. Him have just some visitation. And he said, when she heard him talk about what he'd been doing all year with almost no contact with his daughter, even right. though he'd come and hear other guys' success stories and he's not getting it, but he kept coming. He kept coming. And guess what the judge did without his request? Gave him 50-50 custody because she saw the genuine heart of this dad. And guess what right. his daughter said at the end? Dad, I know I haven't had time with you, but just knowing how hard you've worked to go to a dad's group just for me, she was an only child. It wow. turned her heart right away to him and they were able to reconnect even though there have been months of what he would say were lost time, there was lost time there. Yeah. And I'm saying, dad, just know that you investing on your own, even if you can't connect with her at some point, she's going to get to hear that story that you sure. cared enough to, to read a book, to try to write out questions. In fact, I know this is me doing a lot of talking, Mike, but I got to put it right here. Another practical action step for men in bring it on who don't have time with their daughters right now, or there's divorce decrees that have set things in motion where you're as a dad who feels like misunderstood and shut out, you know, of your daughter's life. I want you today before the day ends, go on Amazon, go to Barnes and Noble, go to Target, get a journal, a blank book yeah. that you think the cover would be something your daughter would like. And mm. I want you to start thinking of it as a time capsule where you're going to date your entries and in mm -hmm. it, you get to write what you wish you could tell her now, but you're not right. able to for whatever reason, write down dreams you have for her wishes, wow. prayers, memories. Hey, I was just at a 4th of July event and it reminded me when you were four and we, we had a big red, white, and blue cake and you had that cute little red dress with stripes and stars and I just was so happy thinking about how adorable you looked. And I remember we did wow. sparklers and you write out the memory for her in the hope that one day you will actually be giving it to her. That's your prayer is this is my time capsule so that if anything is being said against me, about me, right. about my presence, like your dad didn't care. Your dad didn't yeah. want a relationship. You are not bad-mouthing ma bad mom because remember- right. Right. She's got the DNA of mother, you, her mother. You do not want to put mom down in here. It's only a positive life breathing time capsuled rec, you know, reference point to say you were never far from my heart. I was praying right. for you. I was remembering you and you get to give her that one day. I mean, Mike, as a man, as a fathering leader, what impact do you think that would have on a daughter? Oh, it's huge. I mean, there, there's plenty of evidence of the impact of father, especially handwritten. I mean, I don't have many handwritten notes from my dad. As a matter of fact, I've got one, but I keep it on my dresser at my house 
because it is so valuable to me. From your dad. Look yeah. at that. And, and so that's important. A piece that I would say about this is make sure you date them. Now, you, you said that. I just want to highlight it because if they don't have dates on it, then it can get lost in time. But if they can go back and point to a finger like I, so I personally keep a journal and I've been doing it for a number of years. So I'm able to go back and flip open to 10 years ago and see what I was praying for my kids. So one day I'll be able to share that with them. But this idea of doing it specifically for a daughter and and guys, some of this translates to sons as well. If you aren't able to engage a child directly because of a blended family or broken family situation, then man, take advantage of this wisdom to pursue their heart even from a distance over the course of time. You know, this is this is we're going back to Malachi where the fa- hearts of fathers are turned to their children, the hearts of children are turned to their fathers. And and Michelle, I just as you're saying this, it reminds me of the father's love for us and how he pursues us. And somewhere in the midst of this, I'm sure you get a chance to talk with these men and and see their hearts softened to God mm-hmm. the Father who pursues them and they are his representative in the lives of their daughter. So they will understand God the Father's love for them through the exemplary love of their biological father. How do you deal with that in the Abba Project, helping them understand the Father's love? Well, I love that you bring that up because really the bottom line is that dad, when you're not there, you want her to know she has a heavenly father who's always there. So the question I would ask you, men, is are you building a bridge to God as a father or is the bridge getting bombed out? Not that, again, like you said earlier, Mike, it's not about being perfect. It's about being present. But at the end of the day, dad, isn't that the most important thing? Because I think, isn't it crazy that God, God himself, who's called a father, right? This is in the Bible, that you would have the same name as him. Yes, lowercase f, and he's capital F. But what pressure, what responsibility, but what privilege that God himself would entrust you to represent him and keep you dependent and on your knees, admitting yep. failure, you guys, right there. That's a side, I'm taking a side note and come back to your question, but dad, you're going to get further with humility than anything else. And I, I find so many daughters go, my dad is so defensive. My dad doesn't listen. My dad, you know, is this heavy and he doesn't hear my heart, my softness. I mean, I've had daughters say, oh, I'm used to my dad's anger, but knowing he's disappointed, see, anger, we tend to think harder, disappointment softer is they say, I hate being a disappointment to my dad. So sometimes I just go away because I can't handle knowing that I'm a disappointment to him. And so sometimes dads, you don't even know that's how you're being perceived or coming across. And that's why in, in my book about questions is I want you to facilitate conversations where you're saying, how have I hurt you? Where do you need me to invest in you more? How could I be a better dad to you? If that's only one question you ask her is you want to say, how can I be a better dad to you? Which isn't going to be the same as one of your other kids. Research shows that men often do best with what's called shoulder to shoulder orientation. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. side by side, each other comrades in battle in the trenches. We're looking forward, but the research also shows, and this is a gross generalization. But it's that these women do best 
with face-to-face orientation. So sometimes right. men, you're thinking, oh, I can't handle that. That's just way too much eye contact. But right. we as women sometimes say, I don't feel like you're hearing me unless I can see your right. eye. So it's like you're listening with your eyes, not your ears only. Right. So yep. When you have a one-on-one time with her where you're turned toward each other, you know, at a restaurant, find your favorite place, her favorite place, make that your regular rhythm. We tend to not have much time anymore around the table, but if you can find a way as a leader in your home to say, let's have one meal a week around the table where everybody says no to everything else. This is our established rhythm as a family, but you can also do that in a broken family or a blended family where you just have one-on-one time with her to listen to her world, because that's going to shape your response where you may come home and go, I am sick and tired of your attitude. Wife says, your daughter is been a piece of work today. Dad, get in there. And so then you jump on her to back up. You do not disrespect mom in this home, but you didn't get to hear how she'd been chewed up and spit out all day at school. And so by stopping to listen and ask questions, dad, you're going to be a much more effective father. There's going to be more harmony in your home. And you get to hold, you know, you got two daughters. Your wife's a daughter, your yep. daughter's a daughter, and you're trying to fix it. But if you can ask questions first, slow down, ask questions face-to-face, not just shoulder-to-shoulder, you're going to see right. the impact in your daughter's life to soften because you brought your heart to her. Like you just quoted out of Malachi 4. It's the hearts of fathers that have to turn. And I do a dad-daughter Friday blog every other week. I've been doing that since 14. And I've done that so that men can understand what does a heart turn look like? Well, it means softening your tone. It means looking at her face-to-face. It means asking questions that aren't just giving content and those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, part of what this makes me think about is there are some guys who are going to say, well, that's just too hard. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Guys, I don't think you want the long-term results of what that attitude would produce for you because you need to get over your inhibitions. You need to get over whatever it is that would keep you from sitting down and eating ice cream or whatever with your daughter and submit yourself to this process. I mean, this is this is a part of modeling Christ-likeness. When you are willing to do something that's uncomfortable for you, this is what it means to die to yourself so that you can live for your daughter. Because we just did a father-daughter event at our church, um, and I had a chance to speak at that, used a lot of Michelle's wisdom. We played the wedding march over and over again as 50 dads walked their daughters down the aisle of our church. And I said, it's going to be a long time before you walk your daughter down the aisle for most of you. Most of these girls were were grade school age or younger. And I said, but dads, I want you to think now about what that conversation will be like. Will that be a rich conversation that looks back to memories? Is it going to be loving and heartfelt or is it going to be cold? And what you do as you invest now sets the tone for what happens for the conversation that will take place on that day when you hopefully will get to walk her down the aisle. So I I just say, guys, get over yourself and submit to this. Well, I mean, I'm sure dad's listening right now, just picturing what you just said, Mike. I can feel my heart right now opening up to go, oh my goodness, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall at that event. Picturing these dads walking down that aisle with their daughter. And one of the 
I would say the scripts I've given you as men. And one is where you can ask your daughter at whatever age about her wedding day, what colors do you want? Where do you want to have it? What flowers do you want? What do you want your dress to look like? And I have yet to find a dad that thought to go into that depth before I'm saying, no, ask these specifics. Because again, I want to set you up, dad, to hit it out of the ballpark as a dad, to go into more depth that she probably has done with her mom or with other girls. And I've had a dad in the Opera Project go, oh my goodness, I found out that Maggie wants to get married at a villa in France. Who do you think's paying for that thing? But he got to hear stuff that he never thought to even ask her. And her heart's going to bond to you, dad. So there's kind of a twofold, you know, you and me playing off of that, Mike, where you're doing something to help dads envision what it's going to be like when you walk walk their daughters down the aisle. And then I'm saying, dad, you can even now ask her about her wedding day. Maybe that's a practical action step this week you can do. Absolutely huge. And and guys, we need some help. I need help with a roadmap for these conversations because I just don't think of some of those things. So um, we're going to put links in the show notes to both of Michelle's books, and I hope you'll grab them and let them uh, instruct her, instruct you, let her coach you, let her whisper to you, dad, about how to love your daughter well. And, and Michelle, we're, we're coming close on time here, but for a pastor or a men's ministry leader, maybe a small group leader at a local church, and they've got several dads with daughters, how could a local church lean into this? If a youth pastor's listening to this and he knows he's got some teenage daughters with dads that are distant or disconnected, how could a church engage this material and, and do something that would help? a small group of guys. What does that look like? You know, you're you're touching on my my heart longing to still create curriculum and video so that dads could meet, pop in a yeah. video, you know, 20 minutes where I'm kind of giving a coaching teaching piece and then they can sit around and read my book, but I have had dads around the country that have especially taken the first book. So it has like sure. you said, short chapters, 48 chapters, but they're little. Like th- I've had right. dads come I read two chapters last night and I'm like, rock on. <laughs> I always look in a chapter like how much longer till this is done. So I made them super short and, you know, readable then. You're like, you feel like you've right. accomplished something, but I've had dads break it up, those 48 yep. chapters into how many weeks they have. They've gathered together and some of them have hired me then to do like a, a Zoom call into their group meeting and right. do a night of Q&A or updates. And I've loved that. It's like, you know, there's the benefit of having tele telehealth or tele, you know, right. But dad, that there's a practical thing you could do is meet together as men, maybe an hour and a half kind of a thing or do it as Sunday school. I've had some do that as well, where right. you, you have homework assignments with X amount of chapters to read. And then right. the key is, and you do one dad daughter date with each daughter, not as a group. Yeah between now and then when you meet again, and then you talk about how the dates went. What did you learn? Where are you struggling? You can end with prayer requests. And the, the key thing to remember too, is that it has to stay confidential because if you're, right. your daughter's friends with his daughter, and now something gets back to her about her, she ain't going to open up with you. In fact, I had right. one in my very first group, Mike, I had one of the daughters that was a teenager would not do the date with her dad. And it's like month three. And he thought she'd be all into it. So he goes, why aren't you doing this? She goes, I saw your notebook. It's called the ABBA project. I don't want to be your project. And he said, wow, no, 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 no. I'm the project. So I've now right. 
incorporated that. Oh, in great the answer. Letter. Isn't yeah. that going? She's making assumptions and he didn't even know right. she thought that till she never told him till he asked her. So really yeah. about building kind of reps with her and rhythms. Dad, you set her up to be an awesome engaged wife one day yeah. or like me. Hello. I was 60 when I got married. I never, I wasn't building my life. I thought it was to be married. I went to Bible college. I thought I would get married young, but really the research shows dad. And, and I really want you to hear this is every part of a daughter's life is better. According to the research, when she feels connected to her dad, and that's research that backs up biblical truth about a heart turn. Absolutely. Every part of her life is better, better grades in school, more likely to finish high school and attend college. She will have less body dissatisfaction and healthier right. weight, better relationships with men. She will is more likely to find and hold steady employment. She will have right. less anxiety and depression, less suicide attempts. And dad's always loved this one. She will delay her sexual debut. Come That's on, right. mom. That'll preach. Yeah, dad. Absolutely. Even if you say, oh, it's easier with my sons. I truly believe we are going to have a healthier country from the ground up with healthier women. I think if women stopped opening their legs, everything would change. Less abortion rates, unwanted pregnancies, STDs. And I'm not trying to be crass here. I'm saying at the bottom line foundation, why do women do that? Because they want to be wanted. They want to be chosen. They want to be pursued. And we know that those dudes and duds are players. Yeah, we've put the, we're arguing for choice at the wrong end of this equation. Uh, The choice needs to be made before we hang out with the duds and the dudes. and, uh... And I've been to DC right after that huge, this was in 18, the march. Yeah. Where women had yeah. me two signs all over the, the Capitol steps and I the, in front of the White House, like I got to see those signs and where my heart broke is I went, I think they're shouting. There's yeah. pain behind their shouting yeah. to be heard, yeah. to be seen, to be validated. And I'm talking to the dad listening. You have more impact and influence than you ever know. Even if your yeah. daughter doesn't know it, you don't know it, is taking the time now. You are literally going to help our country be healthier. And I think especially as Christian men, it's it's up to you to change the narrative out there by spending time dialing into her heart and hearing her heart. And it may start with bridge repair, bridge repair yeah. to her heart saying, where have I screwed up? Where have I heard you? I'm ready to make amends, humble myself. And dads, if you can do that in groups as men, in your churches, meet in your home, I'm telling you, I believe that's what the church needs today. It's all different after the pandemic. And we're losing that generation that are going. And I think some of it is saying, I didn't see it at home. So I ain't going to show up now. These daughters are like, nope, I'm not going to church, the house of God. I don't care if God as a father loves it because I don't like it because I get preached at. I get the lectures. Dad, start by listening to her heart, listening to her hurts. Some of her hurts might be from you. Some of them might be by other people in the church. Yeah, but step into that and be willing to confront it. And yeah, um exactly. and that feels like a heavy lift, but my expectation, my understanding, my my knowledge of story is that the lift is much heavier later on when you're dealing with um broken families with your daughters and all kinds of things. So work on that relationship now. 
Michelle, I'm watching time. I'm going to ask you one more question. I love your tradition with your dad of Perfume Day. And so tell everyone about what Perfume Day is. Give us a quick overview and the power of tradition. This is one thing that Michelle, I think you still do it with your dad. Is that correct? Well, he handed off to Ken when I got married. His whole thing was always, I'll do this just for my single daughters, but I have dads that do this with married daughters too. So if I could have kept my dad doing this, I would have. But I think (laughs) the fact that I was 60, he's like, I've paid my dues. But this all started (laughs) is, you know, again, welcome to Venus. There's a backstory to every story, which is that my dad grew up on the South side of Chicago, three different last names among the seven kids, a bit like you stacked with the boys, six boys, one girl. And they had a mess of a home. Like the last time his dad was ever in their home is when he came home drunk one too many times. And his mom put an iron on his dad's face. That's when his dad never showed up anymore. And my dad years later remembered in Chicago being on a bus with his brother and his drunk dad in the back of the bus. There's my, those are my boys. Like just embarrassing them. And so I mean, really a tragic story in their family. And so my dad had no template of how to be a father. So when I'm in fourth grade, we're in California, we move up to Portland so my dad can go to seminary. And so here, I think we do have a lot of men's pastors or or senior pastors, youth pastors, whatever, that didn't all come from great homes. And so I think sometimes right. their own stuff keeps them from investing well in building up men to be the father and the husband they need to be. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I'm just saying, okay, that happens right. to be my dad's story. And I know a lot of stories that line up with this because I've, I've had a lot of involvement in church ministry throughout my whole life. And so my dad goes to this men's retreat one weekend and they said, you know, you need to be a better dad. And I think I was, I was a teenager. So my dad said they were talking about how to be better dads. And he thought, what could I do? What do girls like? Well, they like perfume and he had four daughters. He's like, okay, they like perfume. So he comes and he came up with that idea is what would it be like if I took my daughters out to get perfume and where it ended up landing was every Christmas. So we'd go to Macy's or Nordstrom or whatever, but I've had dads that have gone to Walgreens with their younger daughters to pick perfume. It doesn't matter where you go, but here's the cool thing, guys. Just imagine this is here's my dad in Nordstrom. And he's sitting on the stool in the perfume department. Now, most men are getting in and getting out. But my dad has landed on the seat. My dad, with no template of how to be a father, shows up. And you got to try perfume on, right? You don't know how it smells on your skin. It smells different on different women. So I've got like three perfumes on my left wrist, my elbow area, and then the top of my hand on one arm. And then I've got three on the other arm. And, And the whole time I'm letting my dad smell the scent on my skin, helping me decide what perfume I'm going to get from him for that year. And I literally have still saved a lot of the bottles, even when they're empty from all these years. And here's the thing you got to know, dad, perfume is really expensive. It's gone up a lot. So there's times you're paying $185 for a bottle. This is more in my later years, my dad. And I, I have no problem being extravagant with other people, but I have a really hard time receiving. And so, man, it could almost make me emotional now, but my dad's like, no, you're worth that. And I can tell you when I started the Dad Whisper radio program and 
I wore perfume from my dad to my first day of, of being on the radio. And I remember going, I smell this smell. And it reminds me, my dad is championing me, praying for me today. Wow. And so dad, I have had dads do this with granddaughters. Granddads have yep. done it with granddaughters. I've had dads do it with married and single daughters. And then you take photos and she's going to post them online on social media and you're going to be the hero. But I'm telling you, it's one of my favorite things that my dad and I have done through the years because it's my dad saying, I'm going to put my treasure, my money where my heart is. And I'm yep. going to show you a value. And even if it's a lot of money, I'm, pay I'm, you know, all year smelling that scent that says my daddy loves me and you dad get all the credit, but I'm telling you, it's a worthy investment. Wow. Michelle, thank you for telling us that story. I knew it was going to be awesome. And uh, I would imagine there are going to be some guys who start their tradition of perfume day with their kids, uh, their daughters, as a result of hearing this. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us. You and me want to hear the stories. So find me on Facebook, Dr. Michelle Watson, or Dr. Michelle Watson yep. Campbell. My, my, my website is just Watson. I kept it, you know, with my main yeah. name. DrMichelleWatson.com. You can listen to the Dad Whisper podcast. It's on all platforms. You can go to my website, sign up for my Dad Daughter Friday blogs. And you could even follow Michelle on Facebook because she has some funny antics on Facebook too. On uh, Instagram too. Yep. There you go. She's a friend. Folks, we're going to put all that information in the show notes, but what a blessing. God is using you in amazing ways. Thank you. My joy to be here. Well, folks, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Nobleman Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. She's the dad whisperer. She's written several books to help you as a dad engage your daughter's heart and win her heart to love her well and establish a pattern that helps her understand the love of the father because you love her well. So uh, men, check out that information. We're so glad you joined us and we'll be with you next week for the next episode of the Nobleman Podcast. God bless you. 